You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. able to overcome them by faith, by prayer, by believing that God was moving in him and through him. God calls you to a good work. What does the scripture say? He who began it will complete it, won't it? He who began the work in you will complete it, won't he? So God has called you to a work and he's going to make sure that work gets completed and he's going to use you and he wants to use you. He wants to use you mightily and he wants to do mighty things through you. He wants to do mighty things through you individually. Does it ever seem like the enemy just won't let up? The truth is that the enemy doesn't want God to use you. He knows that God has called you to do great things and will try to stop God's work in you. The good news is that God has given you power over the enemy. In today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you how to use that power. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Nehemiah chapter 6 as he continues his message, Be watchful of our enemy. He speaks only lies. He loves to pile you with so many things that you have to do that you become distracted of what he's called you to do. There are so many things when you're dealing with him. There's so many things going on. You become distracted. Come on. You can't tell me that every time you sit down to read the Bible or pray, something happens. Phone call. Thank you. Phone rings, whatever. I love my dog. I did love my Macy. She was great. But you know, every time I sat down to read the word, she'd jump on my lap. Now, luckily, she would just lie there and let me read the word. But still, it was a distraction. Anytime you do that, I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray. And you start to pray. And there's distractions. All of your mind starts to wander. At least mine does. Your mind starts to wander on all the things that you have to do. So it's very, very important that you're not distracted with the work God has called you to do. We're called to believe. And you can get distracted from believing. You can get distracted from even believing. Remember the guy Your son is going to be healed if you would believe. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief because it seeps in at the craziest times. If he allowed himself to be distracted and detoured from the work of God that he had called him to accomplish, the people wouldn't have any leadership. Pressure to compromise can be a distraction. The world offers us so many things, so many things that seem to be good. But we must ever be careful about compromise. We must ever be careful to look to see what's happening. Thirdly, the Jews had nothing in common with these guys. These guys were Gentiles. The Jews had absolutely nothing in common. There was no basis for cooperation. Nehemiah made this perfectly clear back in chapter 2 in verse 20. Let's look at that. In chapter 2, in verse 20, he said, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. They had nothing in common with these guys. Why would they do this? Why would you combine it? Light has no commonality with darkness. We shouldn't be connecting ourselves with darkness. Light has no commonality there. We have to be ever careful. It takes discernment. Being a child of God makes us different from other people. 
Being a child of God makes us different from other people. We must remember that. We must maintain our separated position. Not that we can't minister to them. I'm not saying that. But we need to be careful. Don't be unequally yoked. Many people use that specifically just for a marriage or a relationship. That's true. But we have to be careful being unequally yoked with our buddies and our friends who would pull us down, who would distract from us and take us backwards instead of forwards. We've got to be ever careful. Don't give in. Don't give in saying, well, you know what? If, if, if I have a problem with alcohol, so if I go to the bar, I won't drink and I'll win people for Christ. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. I have a problem with gambling. I'm not going to go to the casino and go, hey, hear about Christ here, unless the Lord sends me. Now, if the Lord tells me to go there, that's a different story. He'll give me the power to do it. But some people think, well, I'm just going to do that. We had spoken about Nehemiah's determination. This guy was determined. I love his determination. He's such a model for me as a leader. He's such a model for me. And now he grazed not only great determination, but discernment as well. He refused to be influenced by these flimsy offers of peace. He refused to be influenced by these guys. And that takes a lot. That really does. You've got to be so close to the Lord. You've got to be just wrapped up in the Lord in these things. That's why we always tell you, abide in Christ. Stay close to Christ. Be in prayer. Be in fellowship. Read his word. Get involved. Help others. You've got to be really close to the Lord. When these things come to you, you can withstand them. You can be built up and you can withstand them. If their offer was wrong thing to do the first time they mention it, why would it get better over time? Some of us think that the more we ask somebody the same thing, they'll eventually give in and say, oh, okay. No, if it was wrong then, it's going to be wrong forever. So in verse 5 to 9, there's another tactic. There's another tactic. Let's read. Then Zambalat sent his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, It is reported among the nations to Geshem, says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have anointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be purported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Then I sent to him, saying, No such thing as you say are being done. But you invent them in your own heart. How many of us invent things in our own heart? How many of us invent things? We want things so bad, we invent them in our heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in their work. It will not be done. The new tactic, the new tactic, rumors. Let's spread rumors about them. Yeah, that'll do it. We'll spread rumors about them. We'll discredit them. We'll talk to everybody. What were they accusing Nehemiah of? Does anybody know the big word? It's called sedition. That he was going to overthrow the king. He was going to become king in Jerusalem. And this would be a huge mistake if he ever did that. This would be a huge mistake. And Nehemiah knew that. They hinted that they were writing letters to stuff. Now, take a page from what happened in Ezra 4. Remember what happened in Ezra 4 when the letters came against them? What happened in Ezra 4? Anybody remember what happened? They stopped doing what? Work. They stopped building the temple. It worked. These rumors came forth and they stopped building the temple. So Nehemiah refused to be stopped. Sedition is an extremely serious charge. In fact, You know somebody very well who was accused of sedition. His name was Jesus. In Luke 23, verses 1 through 5, he was accused of sedition. It's one of the things they had against him. These letters that were being sent were not only insulting, 
but they were intimidating. Sanballat was trying to undermine Nehemiah's reputation and authority. If the Jews believed what was written, Nehemiah's enemy would then gather together and create further divisions. Rumors. Rumors can destroy a ministry. Rumors can destroy a person. Rumors can destroy a church. Oh, did you hear what Pastor Dave said? You didn't? Well, let me tell you. He said this. He said that. He did this. He did that. They create division. I can't believe he did that. How about that? They say, you know, the old they say. I've always wanted to know who are they. You know, they say. I always wanted to know who they were. Someone I find out, tell me who that is. There's nothing worse than gossip mongering. You like that word? (laughs) Gossip mongering. That's a neat word. I like that. People who hover around like vultures, waiting for tiny tidbits of slander so that they can use. They chew on this tidbit, they swallow it, and then they find one of their buddies and they regurgitate it like a vulture and tell them the story. Oh, you know what I found out? Oh, listen to this. Did you know what Pastor Dave did this time? (laughs) You all think I'm crazy. I am. I don't know. It's great. I don't care. But they're looking for somebody who has unsuspecting ears. They're looking for somebody who will give them attention and go, really? Ooh, really? Someone once says, gossip is the news you have to hurry to tell somebody before you find out it's not true. (laughs) Gossip. Gossip can destroy any ministry. It can destroy relationships. It can destroy churches. It can destroy people's lives. Gossip is horrible. Don't be a gossip mongerer. I said it again. I like that word. Not only did Nehemiah, these enemies accuse him falsely of sedition, but they also said he wanted to become king to the point of saying, hey, he's even got prophets ready to coronate him. There's going to be a coronation. This could be the biggest thing of all. If the king of Persia hears that they're anointing a king in Jerusalem, oh boy, Nehemiah would lose his head real fast. Those guys would come down in a hurry. In a hurry. What does Nehemiah do? Look at verse 9. I love verse 9. At the end of verse 9. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Man, I told you Nehemiah was a man of prayer. I call these telegraph prayers. Little telegraph prayers. You know, Nehemiah was in a pickle. And he didn't have time to get on his knees and say this long, flowery, gorgeous King James prayer. He didn't have time, oh, thou Lord of the creation, oh, thou of the great, you know, he didn't have time to do that. Now, God accept those, and those are lovely if you have time to do those. Those are beautiful. I'm not coming against those kind of prayers. I think they're wonderful if you pray like that or can pray like that and have the time to pray like that. I think that's wonderful and glorious. But if you don't have time, all Nehemiah said, look what he said, thou therefore, oh God, strengthen my hands. A little quick prayer. I say these things every day. I say these kind of praise every day. Oh, Lord, help me here. Oh, Lord, help me there. Be glorified here. Be glorified there. Glorify me that I might glorify you, Lord. I say these quick prayers. I told you before, the one prayer that the Lord will always answer is just go, help. Lord, help me. Quick little telegraph prayers that you pray. Now, if you have a prayer meeting and you have time, it's great to get things off your heart and pray to God in earnest. But sometimes when you're on the move, you need to pray. And here, things are happening at a fast pace. And all Nehemiah says is, Lord, strengthen my hands. Help me to get done what you've called me to do. That's what he's saying. But he didn't say that. All he said was, strengthen my hands. A quick little prayer, boom, and it's done. I just love it. I really do. 
He didn't take a long time to pray some eloquent prayer with flowery words. He was quick to the point, oh God, strengthen my hands. I just love that about Nehemiah. In verses 10 through 14, the new tactic is more threats. More threats. We've tried to compromise. We've said rumors. Now we're going to make more threats. Let's look at 10 to 14. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaniah, the son of Deliah, and the son of Methabel, who was a secret informer. Uh Uh-huh. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors to the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because of Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. For this reason he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambalat according to these their works and the prophets, but no and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Wow. Shemaiah the prophet, not really a prophet, he's a hireling. He's been hired by Samballot and Tobiah to come and give this false prophecy to Nehemiah. And he recognized that. Remember John 10, when Jesus spoke about the hireling? In John 10, Jesus spoke that the hiring doesn't care about the sheep. He has no care for the sheep whatsoever. And he's basically saying, don't be a hireling. Care for the sheep. Care for the ones that are intended and given to you for instruction. Care for them. Nehemiah, this guy wanted to believe, Nehemiah to believe that he was also in danger. He suggested that they both take refuge in the temple. His words were threatening. They're going to kill you. Nehemiah, again, in his discernment, he quickly detects it to hope and basically said, I'm not running anywhere. Should a man like me flee? Should I run away? Nehemiah was a man of great principle, but he had even greater faith. Should I go? Because he was believing and he was trusting in the Lord. That's who he was building his house upon. He was building his house upon the rock of Jesus Christ. He was trusting in the Lord God Jehovah. Nehemiah was a true shepherd of God's people. So knowing what we know about Nehemiah, what would make him reject this offer? Would anybody realize that there is a principle behind this offer that Nehemiah rejected? Does anybody know it? It's the doctrine of Balaam. There's a doctrine, there's a law that says he can't do it. There's a law he said he cannot do it. He cannot go beyond the burnt offerings of the temple. He can't go beyond that. Look at Numbers 18 and 7. Remember the story of Uzziah, the king? Uzziah went into the most holy place. He went where he wasn't supposed to go, and he was struck down with leprosy. He lived out his days as a leper. Remember that? Nehemiah knew this. Nehemiah knew what he could do and what he couldn't do. As a lay person, he couldn't go into the temple like that. He wasn't allowed. He knew that this Nehemiah was a false prophet because he delivered a message that was contrary to God's word. Hold up there. Somebody comes to you and delivers a message to you. The first thing you should do is take it right back to God's word to see if what they're saying to you is true and can be confirmed here. If it's contrary to God's word, scripture says you should pick up stones and throw it at them, but don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. We're not into stoning anymore. Don't believe them. They're a false prophet. 
If they come and tell you to do something that is contrary to God's word, they are as false as false can be. So use your discernment. That's why we tell you anything you hear from this podium, from me, from anybody else who stands at this podium and teaches God's word, it is your job to take it back to the scriptures to make sure what is being taught is biblical, what is being taught is truth. That's your job. It's called being a Berean. The people from Berea were more noble than the people from Thessalonica because they took everything that Paul taught them and, and took it back to the scriptures to prove what was true. See, there's a responsibility here. And I'm going to tell you what that responsibility is. I'm glad you asked. We have a responsibility in this church. My responsibility, Mark's responsibility, Bill's responsibility, or anybody else who comes to this podium to teach God's word, we are to study to show ourselves approved. That's what our responsibility is. We are to study God's word, and we are to speak the word in truth in love. We're supposed to do that as best we can. Will we make mistakes? We might. And that's possible because we're but human, all right? But we're hoping the Holy Spirit will speak to us, okay? That's our responsibility. Your responsibility is to receive God's word, take it back to scriptures, and make sure that you're being taught the truth. Make sure that God is speaking to you through these scriptures, and you know the truth to be set free from the truth that we teach. That's the responsibility. It goes both ways. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to have the faith to say, okay, don't take everything at face value because if you do, you're going to get duped. You're going to get duped. And we don't want anybody to be duped. We don't want anybody to go down the wrong path. That is never going to be our intent. I know it's not mine, Mark, Bill's, anybody. It's not our intent to lead you down the wrong path. Our intent is to lead you into the arms of Jesus Christ. That's our intent. To lead you into the arms of Jesus Christ. And that's what we hope to do. So there is a responsibility in both ways. So if somebody comes to you and says, the Lord gave me this for you, and it's contrary to God's word, run. Get away from that person. Get away from that person. Because they're a false prophet. They're a false prophet. Nehemiah had great faith. He was a man of God's word. He had great faith. And he had great courage. God had strengthened him and given him such courage. Because he knew that God was always with him. Let's look at 15 through 19. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. Wow. And it happened when our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters to Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, Tobiah that is, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, the son of Jehoiahan, had married the daughter of Mishalem and the son of that guy. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. He's being ganged up on by his own people. Oh, come on. This guy's a good guy. He doesn't want to hurt you. Look at all the letters he sent you. Look at the box of bonbons he sent you. Come on, this guy's a good guy. You don't have to worry about him. Nehemiah's own people are being duped. They're being drawn in, and this is what happens. This is what happens. God can use anybody to make a miracle, but you know what? Satan is a great imitator, and he may imitate something just to get you drawn away because he's the father of all lies. He is the father of all 
lies. He's always looking, always looking. Enemy, he never gives up. He's not a quitter. He's always looking for an opportunity to take you down. Remember the scripture says he's looking to and fro for someone he can devour like a lion? But this tells me that even after the battle is over, even after the victory, we must be watchful. We must be watchful. Even when we don't see Satan working, it means he's probably working underground. He's probably doing something to deceive. He never, ever gives up. Open oppression to the work of the Lord is a good thing. When we see it openly, it's a good thing because it keeps us alert and it keeps us watchful. We must heed the Lord's words that he said in the garden to Peter, James, and John before he went back to pray by himself. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray. It's our job to watch and pray, to be ever watchful. It's very sad when there are people who you love, people who you fellowship with, who come against the work of the Lord that God is doing through you. And it will break your heart. It will break your heart. Sadly, people only believe what they hear from someone. When someone tells them a rumor, they automatically believe it because they want nothing but to think the worst about somebody. They want nothing but to think the worst about somebody's character. And they automatically believe it. Sad. It's extremely sad. They never seek the truth. Beware of the person who comes with flattering words. Beware of that person who seems to be on your side. And something tells you you've got to be careful when something's happened like that. It's always heartbreaking when Christians go against Christians. I believe when Christian goes against Christian, I believe that Jesus cries. He weeps when he sees that, when he sees his church. But Nehemiah was steadfast and immovable. He abounded in the work with the Lord, and he was successful. He knew where his strength came from. Some of the Jews were friendly with the enemy. They always told Nehemiah how great Sambalat was and all those things. But those are those who carry their stories back and forth. They're the double-edged secret agents. Double agents. They're a friend to you, and they're a friend to the enemy. They can't wait to tell the enemy what's going on. Nehemiah caught their stuff. He looked at all their things, and he was able to overcome them by faith by prayer, by believing that God was moving in him and through him. God calls you to a good work. What does the scripture say? He who began it will complete it, won't it? He who began the work in you will complete it, won't he? So God has called you to a work, and he's going to make sure that work gets completed, and he's going to use you, and he wants to use you. He wants to use you mightily, and he wants to do mighty things through you. He wants to do mighty things through you individually. He wants to do mighty things through you collectively here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. He wants you to see that. He wants people to know that. We hear of people who drive by, on, and then we'll hear them, and we'll see them. Oh, boy, that parking lot sure is crowded. Whoa, what's going on over there? God's word is being taught. God's word is being taught, and he is doing the rest. I always pray that no man take credit for what God is doing here. Let no man take credit for what God is doing here. And that's kind of like what Nehemiah wanted to do. You are Thank you for joining us today for A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Pastor Dave has been digging into the book of Nehemiah. This book chronicles the adventures of Nehemiah as he goes from being a cupbearer to a foreign king to leading people as they rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
When he hears about the city lying in ruins, vulnerable to the world around it, Nehemiah was troubled and he prayed. When his moment came with the king offering him anything he wanted, Nehemiah knew first to run to the Lord in prayer. No matter who was on the throne in the world, Nehemiah knew that God remains on the throne of heaven and he maintains control over all of it. What's troubling your heart today? All you need to do is remember that God is God over all. Take your troubles to Him today. Here at Assure Hope, we would love to bring you to the Lord in prayer as well. Give us a call at 609-884-5821 and share your prayer requests with us. Once again, that number is 609-884-5821. We look forward to your call. Assure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Are you in the area? We'd love to see you this Sunday. Head on over to AssureHopeRadio.com to find our location and service times. Once again, that website is AssureHopeRadio.com. Well, that's all we have for now. We're so glad you decided to spend time with us here today. We'll be back soon with more right here on Assure Hope.